Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a Better Business Bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. MrQuickPick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible, 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 Bible. Negotiations Bible style. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Pressure. When did another driver pressure you into speeding? Maybe running a yellow light, driving faster than you wanted to in bad weather? Driving pressure could be the leading cause of death in teens. Have you ever thought about that? Could that be true? Are you mad at me yet? <laughs> it, it may just it may not just be teens, brother. Yeah. Well, anytime I take a stance on speeding, I get the most hate mail, Bob. I'll take that right now. But according to the National Safety Council, half of all teens will be involved in a car crash before graduating from high school. And the NHTSA reports motor vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death for 14 to 8-year-olds in the U.S. In fact... In 2013, there were 2,614 15-to-19-year-old pastor vehicles involved in fatal crashes. 130,000 were injured. Now, think with me a second. How hard is it to go the speed limit when cars are zooming past you, riding your bumper? Every driver, every driver can be part of the problem or they could be part of the solution. Inexperienced drivers just simply, in my opinion, they can't handle the speed. And so may I also add that sometimes when you got that pressure that we're talking about, Bob, it could be a geezer like me, like just last night. It was raining like it has been all week here. And I'm in Old Red. Amen on the rain. And I am coming up a two-lane highway. Now, Old Red is back on the road. I'm, I'm very, very happy to say with your help, Bob, and many other people's help, but Old Red's a 95 Dodge Dakota. It doesn't have the headlight power of some of the newer cars. 
and the, and the windshield wipers just don't have as much spring as they once had. The candle in the mirror headlights. <laughs> <laughs> and so naturally, you know, I'm going the speed limit, 55 on this two-lane road, and I don't know, was it some kind of big truck comes up? You know, I could see them coming from about three miles away, and naturally, you know, they don't just have to have their headlights on. they got to have these fog lights that are bigger than your your head on them too you know so they got all this light and it's coming through my windshield and and it's bad enough that they're tailgating me but i can't see because of the rain and the wind and i'm like man this is tough this is scary stuff if i was a teen driver in that situation right you can imagine what that might feel like so i'm wondering when did somebody pressure you into making a bad driving decision when did you feel the pressure to run the light or 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 maybe something else happened we would love to hear your story 866-348-7884-866-34 truth or perhaps it was you that was tailgating the other guy that ran the red light that caused the accident would you have the courage to call and share so somebody else doesn't fall into the same trap you did and caused an accident the other way that you're the one that was causing the pressure 866-348-7884. Yes, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about teen driving, but Bob, you got a story along those lines. I do, brother. There's so many things. When you first uh, started talking about that, I was wanting to think to myself, well, nobody else is out there on the road affects the way I drive. And then in about a half a second, I was like, yeah, yeah, probably so. And as we thought about it, um, a young man that I worked with years ago, had just got him a, a nice car and he'd, he'd souped her up a little bit and had loud pipes and the big tires and and um he was going down the road and there was somebody running a little slower in front of him than he had that he was liking and and he blew you know blew by him, loud pipes and everything and it, apparently it startled the driver and the young lady had a wreck and uh, she ended up dying, and he carried that, and it was a, such a heavy burden on him for quite some time. I probably still today because he had zoomed by with the loud pipes, and and you know he he felt responsible for her death, and and a death is a heavy thing to carry around, whether you cause it or not. So we would love to hear, and and Bob mentioned it. You know what is the story? And, and every week we, we get the story, don't we, Bob? It's oh, the yeah. one that somebody called in that we're just like, man. Or maybe, you know, yours is just something that you feel like God was showing you through this whole peer pressure thing of driving. We would love to hear it. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And also today, parents, do you know? I mean, if you're a parent out there or maybe you're a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt, do you know the eight teen driving danger zones in other words there's eight of them according to the NHTSA and what are those eight driving zones that teens need to manage and how can we help them do that and and that's a that's something we're going to be discussing and sharing all eight of those today on the Christian Car Guys show but most of all of course we always we want your call if you have a question comment maybe you think Robbie's all wet my speed's got nothing to do with nobody else I'm just you know, I'm an island, whatever it is, you call me. I'm, I'm all up for it. Believe me, 866 
three, four truths in our appraisal by the Real Black Book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. Like they say in Sunday school, you know this, Bob, Jesus is always the answer. <laughs> and, and when you look at these eight driver danger zones that teens experience, I think you would agree with me that Jesus is the answer to those, but it may not be the way you think. Well, many of those zones I fit right into, brother. It doesn't have to be just teen drivers. Uh, there's many of those that um, that I have experienced. I think every one of them at some time or another. But um, it's just when you first mentioned it, I just couldn't believe ah, that's crazy. And then in just a second, yeah, Bob, there's so many times that other people affect the way you drive. And in years gone by, if somebody was up on my up too close to me i felt like they were driving too close um it's not a good thing but i would tap the brake and let them get a real good look at my bumper and and now that's a dangerous (laughs) that's very dangerous it's idiotic it's it's galactically stupid of me to do and uh but it's something i don't do any longer you know i might turn on the brake light but not slow down the car too much but uh my favorite thing now is if I pull out of the neighborhood and there's somebody pulls up behind me that they're obviously late or in a lot bigger hurry than I am, I'll just find me a little place. I've got a certain place when I leave the house that I can ease off the road, let them go by, check traffic, ease back on the road, and and do my geezer pace on to work. Cause <laughs> You know, I'm rarely late and having to hurry to work. And, uh, you know, some people may not be experiencing the same kind of morning I'm having, you know. Yeah, or they could have an emergency. You don't know. And, and, you know, what the situation is. And so, like we've talked about for years, pray for the people that you don't know what's going on and, and see what you can do to, you know, be a picture of what Jesus might be in this situation, which sometimes, you know, with parenting, it, it requires tough love. And we're going to get into some of that. I feel like Jesus would probably pull over and let them go by and not tap the brake <laughs> and brake check them, you know? Bob, that, I was guilty of that too now. <laughs> and uh, my wife told me to say, you know that could be you, right? Yeah. So, exactly. uh, yeah, I had to stop doing that. It could happen. It could happen. So, we want to mention, if you go to um, ChristianCarGuy.com, there you're going to find out all sorts of articles. We have all these eight teen driver zones. If you can't watch or listen to, you can't watch, if you can't listen to the entire show today, we got all that going on. But also it's the Jesus Labor Love that we have there, the um, car repair for single moms, widows, families in crisis. And um, the last couple of weeks, Bob, I got to tell this story. You know, we have this ministry and, and it's amazing how God works through this. And one of my, one of the great honors I actually have is when somebody shares with me, as was the case with this lady whose husband was in seminary and she had five children and the marriage was going apart and they had this van that needed a transmission and i mean it was way over my head and you're a little bit familiar with the situation because you're going to help us with the transmission and so i immediately prayed with her and she was going into court that day and she talked about how it really encouraged her that 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 phone call came and that that prayer came and uh you're not going to believe how God used this show in such a strange way in this particular story. You're going to get to hear the rest of that when we come back. But what I'm really excited to hear is your story, the one where somebody pushed you or maybe you pushed somebody into doing something. 
888-825-7884. We'll take your calls when we come back. danger zones for teen drivers or you could say the 18 driver danger zone but when you say that bob it sounds like there's 18 of them but there's only eight that that are the the teen driver zones that are dangerous we are going to get into those in this segment but we also have plenty of time we got plenty of lines open to hear your story about driving peer pressure when did somebody pressure you into maybe speeding a little did you know that car behind you was actually a policeman, and he's the one tailgating you. Great <laughs> <laughs> <Break> check. <laughs> <laughs> and you, oh, I need to speed up because this guy behind me is so close. And you speed up, and then, oh, there's blue lights. And so many times, brother, the, the pressure comes from inside the car, from a, from a passenger with you, you know, especially oh. in the teens. Uh Oh, come on, punch it. You know, let's go. Well, that is number two on our teen driver danger zone. Passengers. That that is uh, the number two thing. In fact, the graduated programs in many states now, including North Carolina, don't allow passengers more than two pass one passenger for a period of time. And that is such a smart thing because that's exactly what happens. I mean, it did when I got my license, you know. Everybody get in, let's go. And there's all kind of commotion oh, in the car, and you're not used to driving, you know. Burn uh, rubber. Uh, Make uh, it burn rubber, uh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're not used to driving <laughs> undistracted, and you've got all these distractions piled in there with you, and, and you know, people encouraging you to do not necessarily the right thing. And, and you know, it's just that law is a great law that limits the number of passengers with the uh, young drivers. I think that's awesome. It is. And the other graduated program that is absolutely wonderful, well, two other areas that they do this, and actually it's the number one, number two, and number three danger zones are inexperienced passengers and night driving. And so the states that are doing the graduated program are addressing these three so that they limit the passengers over a period of time and they, they limit night driving. Like my daughter, she's 16. She can't get out past nine o'clock unless she has a note from work or whatever. Right. And that's another place. It's especially if it's raining at night and night, you're in a- <laughs> night driving with rain. My wife still doesn't like to drive with it raining at night, you know, or or really even in the daytime because that rain it changes so many things for you. You get behind that truck that's throwing up the spray, and and you get all that, and you got to pat. You know, you you picture this teen driver inexperienced. They're in that situation. You a lot of times cannot see. You know, you got somebody putting pressure on you behind you. You got the lights going through. It's it's a it's a difficult. It's a scary situation, Can't and, and and that's one of the reasons that I really think that the number one on the list is so critical. It's inexperienced. It, you know, there's nothing like having experience. 
you know, driving experience. And they say that first thousand miles, according to all the studies that they do for teen drivers, that first thousand miles is by far and away the most dangerous where they have the most accidents. And, you know, if I don't know if your kids were like this, but we took out a few mailboxes. <laughs> I got my license in July. Um, late August, I had my first accident. I dropped two tires off the edge of the road and uh, jerked it back on too quick without slowing down first and uh, ended up crashing. And uh, it was just complete inexperience. And you didn't roll, I hope? Nope, didn't Because roll. that's the one that really is deadly. The tires come off, and, and I don't know why, but it was that way with all three of my children. You know, as you're teaching your kids to drive, one of the scariest things is, is, is helping them get used to being in the center of the road. They either tend to want to be to the right or to the left, and neither one of those scares me. The, you know what I'm saying? They, oh, they yeah. struggle with just keeping the car in the middle of the road. Right. But if they go off to the right and they pull those tires off, so we literally, I, I had exercises for them. I said, okay, now we're going to ease off the road here just a little bit on a very safe place of road where we weren't going very fast and see now you you begin to freak don't freak don't jerk that wheel just take your foot off the gas let the car slow down ease easy 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 that's the deal bob <laughs> yep i uh, could have used that uh several years ago wait a minute let me think uh 42 years ago yeah but, but think about it when we were teens we didn't have to drive with our I didn't have to drive with my parents. I had the driver's ed thing for whatever it was, three months. And I had my permit for a little while. But I don't I don't remember having, of course, this was maybe before your time. I remember time. that was the scariest part of my mom's life because, uh, you know, I, 55, it's 55. I got to run 55. And she was like, you don't have to run the speed limit. You can run a little bit under. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, she was uh they called me her hairdresser i colored her hair for her you know and she gained a few grays while i was uh in my permit days so you know what do you do you know again we would love your comments your story 866-348-7884 maybe something you did to teach your young teen driver something you feel like would be helpful for other parents that are facing this kind of thing 866-348 seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth i promised the end of this other story that i started but i didn't finish so i prayed with a lady and we needed this transmission and you know that we you had found a transmission we thought we had this under control and then we needed some help to get it installed and i thought i found somebody to do that and i we needed some help to get the transmission to the area that it needed to be repaired and i thought i had that handled too <clears throat> And for two weeks, I got on the air and I asked for people to, you know, please consider donating to this cause because it was going to take a lot of resources to get this transmission in this car. And I was praying. I had the whole Christian car guy, Jesus, labor, love prayer team working on this. I was sending out prayer requests, which, by the way, if you want to join that prayer team, you can go to ChristianCarGuy.com. If you click on the Jesus, labor, love page, you can see where you can join the team. We would love to send you out these prayer requests as they come in. But we're all praying. As it turned out, the transmission was bad, Bob, that we found, right? And so we couldn't put in that transmission. And although last month we had so many generous people, it was amazing, the lady in Las Vegas, and all these people had donated for the lady in Las Vegas, I didn't have anybody for this particular lady with the five children. And so it seemed like God was closing all the doors. Now you're thinking, Robbie, I didn't mean to hold this story over another break. I got no choice but to wait until we come back. I will share what happened with the story. Jesus, labor, love, 
find out more about it at christiancarguy.com. Pressure, driving peer pressure, especially on teen drivers, it's a scary situation. What's your story? I'm still, the story's still coming, Bob. I know it is. You know, God's putting it on you, the heart to call in 866 348 7884. 866 34 Truth. We would love to hear your story. And yes, we've got a lot more driving zone, danger zones we're going to get to, but I promised, Bob, that I would finish this story. But you were fixed to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was because, uh, you know, sometimes we put pressure on uh, uh, young people, put pressure on themselves to drive fast, thinking that their friends expect them to drive fast, you know, and uh, and their friends may be thinking, hey, I really don't want to drive fast. Let's be safe. You're scaring me. You're scaring me. Yeah, well, we don't like that. <laughs> so as I was talking about before the break, we have this, the Jesus Labor and Love, which is car repair for single moms, widows, and families in crisis, and often we get overwhelmed. <laughs> With the needs, and there was this this particular lady had five children, transmission out of this van. We finally found the transmission. We thought we were making progress. I found a place to do it. I found all this stuff, and we're praying through it. And I'm trying to get donations, and that was that was one sign that I just found really unusual because usually, audience is phenomenally generous, but nothing came in for this particular need. Nothing. And so then the transmission turned out to be bad and we couldn't use the transmission. So now I got no transmission. I got no donations. And so I had to call her on Monday, Bob. And, um, you know, I didn't want to hide, even though it had been easier, <laughs> honestly. And I said, well, you know, I, I hate to report this, but um, I just have to tell you, you know, I, I've tried for a couple of weeks to get donations. We had a transmission that turned out to be bad, and I just don't know where we're going, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to give up. We're still praying. I got people on the prayer team. We're praying. I don't know what God's doing here because it's, it's really unusual because, you know, I hadn't experienced this quite this way before. And she said, well, I guess that must be God's way of handling this because, now get ready for this, Bob. I told you it was one of those stories. It, you don't know what God's up to sometimes. You may not be praying God's will when you think you need to help in a, in, a, in a given situation. God's will is different. You know, he doesn't think like us. On earlier that day, that very day, the court had ordered, the judge had ordered that if she couldn't get the transmission fixed on that van, that her husband was going to have to give her his car. And so she was getting, as a result of us not being able to fix the transmission on the van, which was really disappointing to me and the rest of the team, nonetheless, this meant she had immediate transportation because the judge was now ordering that she would get the car rather than the van. And yeah, she needed a van because she had the five kids and whatever, but the car would suit her because there were small kids, you know, um, all in car seats and that kind of stuff. So, you know, and she said, Robbie, you don't know how your prayer encouraged me the day that I was going into court and also the fact that you called me and you was willing to admit that you, you know, you're here. It seems like God's got this plan for, for what's going on. Isn't that amazing? He kept us from, kept us out of his way. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I thought, you know, I thought about it. We were we were getting a transmission that had 160,000 miles on it, and I was a little concerned about putting this transmission in this car and, you know, two months later being down, you know, in the same position again. I, I had all sorts of concerns, but I'm just moving forward. And But God had another plan, and, and so I, I'm sitting back watching and going, this is wow. Wow. This is just awesome. That's pretty amazing. So many times we just can't quite see exactly what God's plan is because we're too busy with our plan. And uh, he he cleared that up for you, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. But we do have to speak about number four, Bob, which is the teen driver danger zone number four, which this one is the one of all of them that upset me. This one just really grieves me. It's not wearing a seatbelt. So many teen drivers don't wear a seatbelt. And, and, and actually, I think it was the second Christian Car Guys show I did, I did a show on seatbelts. And I had an emergency worker call in, and he said, I'm going to tell you right now, this was a guy who was an ambulance driver, first responder, I have never unbuckled a dead man. There you go. And, you know, you can see statistic after statistic after statistic, there is no way in the world that it does not make sense to wear a seatbelt, and it's simply a habit. And, of course, you know, I had it taught me the hard way because I had my – uh, at the time, six-year-old son sitting in the right seat, and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and I was sitting at a stoplight, and a car comes up behind me, and wham, bangs, you know, right, we're sitting at a stoplight. This car crashes into me. My son goes to the windshield. I couldn't, I reached out to grab him. There was no stopping him. I wasn't in a seatbelt. He wasn't in a seatbelt. Fortunately, he was not seriously injured, but from that day on, <laughs> I can assure you, I didn't need another lesson. You cannot stop something that's flying like that. I got my lesson in 83. They had called us from work. I worked second shift, and they called us from work and told us not to come in because it was snowing real bad. And I left in my little Toyota pickup truck and went to the store and got uh, some bread and milk and eggs, you know. You, uh, Typical of snow gear. Snow, yeah, <laughs> snow gear. And um, when I got back out to the truck, um, my seatbelt had slid back behind the seat. And instead of stopping and getting out and, and making it slide back up through there and, and hooking my seatbelt, I said, ah, I'm just going to the house. It's right around the corner. Well, uh, I left, and I was going up the little hill there, and a lady lost control in an 83 New Yorker. Uh, and Lots of metal. Lots of metal and hit my little Toyota truck. She spun around, and her passenger door hit me as square in the front end as she could. And I bounced up, and I bounced off the windshield. I, hit my head I bent a steering wheel up four inches from the windshield um cracked my kneecap it hit me so hard it knocked my boot off and uh it was a moon boot like those big tall <laughs> poofy boots it wasn't something that was laced up but my boot was knocked off and everything and real substantial damage i had hair stuck in the windshield and if you know i could have gone through and that's just such a bad thing but uh it was a real extreme eye-opener for me about wearing that seatbelt, you know. Uh, yeah, you don't know where it's coming or where it's coming from. And, and I, you know, it, once you get in a habit, I cannot, I literally can't sit in a car without the seatbelt and not be uncomfortable. It's like that's the habit that I think it, that just has to happen, and it's, it's one of those things. But, it, you know, what we need to do to teach our teens that, to me, is we just, it's a habit. You never, ever, never, I don't care if you're pulling a car down the driveway. You'd never go in that car without without a seatbelt. Maybe they shouldn't start unless the seatbelt's buckled. Yeah. 
it yeah. would it would make all kind of sense because that airbag nowadays can come out and do all sorts of stuff. So that's number four. Number five is distracted driving. I know you're not surprised about that, but texting and driving and eating and driving and putting on makeup while driving and all those kind of things. You know, those are just those are challenges. And when you take in experience and you put that together with that, you got a real problem. And of course, we model these things, Bob, when we're driving and all these people are in the car with us and, we, you know, we're, we're and of course, our teens are watching or whatever. You know, it's it's a and here's the one that I really. I cannot believe how badly I modeled this one. Number six, teen danger driving zone is drowsy driving. And I uh, I know a man here and so do you in, in this area. Wonderful man, Rusty LaRue, lost his son because his son driving drowsy, fell asleep at the wheel and and now he's gone it's, it's his son um now i think about all the times that i drove through the night right i, I mean that was just and everybody oh man he's a marathon driver robbie can drive it but i did not know what am i teaching my kids because guess what they do my father my son came back from california last week well, Dad, you know, I'm just like you. I drove. <laughs> I don't want you to be like me. I don't want to, I'm going to be just I like say, you. Oh, man. I do. man, what are we modeling? You know, don't. It's, 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 it's a scary thing, this drowsy driving. That's how I found out I had sleep apnea. I, I'd, uh, once a year, I go to Raleigh for a special trip, and, you know, I drive down there, and I drive back. I get up early. I'd went to bed early, slept eight and a half hours or at least eight hours, and I drove to Raleigh, and on the way back, three and a half hours later, I'm dozing off at the wheel. I said, I slept eight hours, three and a half hours later, I'm, I'm dozing off. Something's wrong with this picture, and I went and had my sleep study done, and boom, got apnea. Yeah. That's, you know, you feel it coming, and what I have learned, and I, I suppose many of you have learned, is that, you know, how hard is it to pull over into rest area and actually take a nap? There's nothing... You know, you can try turning up the sound, turning on the cold air. You can try all the shenanigans you want to. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a good old nap. <laughs> I used to carry a toothbrush with me, and when I'd get drowsy, I'd get out my toothbrush. <laughs> but, you know, it, it seemed to help. In my head, it helped, you know. But <clears throat> crazy. What, what are you modeling? You know, there's another, there's, exactly. the, there's the situation, which we get to number seven, which is reckless driving. And never, never <laughs> teenage boys, you know, it's, I, I, I hate to even think. And, and little did I know is I was sharing my stories of my youth. I was modeling, you know, the kids, they hear everything that you tell them. Oh, my word. What can we do with these 18 danger driving zones? The last one is impaired driving. And so what about distracted, drowsy, reckless, impaired we have our appraisal by the Real Black Book coming up now in our last segment of the show. You got plenty of time to still call in with your peer pressure story. 866-34-TRUTH. Yes, I can tell you categorically that the answer to these eight danger driving zones 
the answer to so much of our life's issue is the blood of Jesus. And we're going to go into that in a minute. But first, I've got Barbara is in Greenville, South Carolina, and she's got the story we've been waiting on, Bob. Barbara, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. Thank you to you and Bob and your staff for, for giving up your Saturdays. I look forward to your program every week. Oh, um, well, thank you. I sort of pre- I caused an accident. I guess it was peer pressure on my part. But what happened was I was coming back from lunch when I was still working, and um, uh, my company rented space from a senior assisted living center uh, near where I worked. And an older gentleman was trying to come out, and he was blocking my ability to get in. So without really looking well, I went for him to come out, and I figured he would look both ways. And he didn't, and I caused a fender bender. So I felt so terribly bad, and from that time on, I learned you let people drive their, their ability to get in and out of places, and I'm not going to wave somebody into an intersection or uh, coming out on the highway. Uh, I'll let them deal with that. And um, so it, it, it really taught me not to do that, and I've seen accidents since then caused by somebody trying to be nice oh, yeah. and wave somebody out. But um, when Bob was talking earlier about someone tailgating him, the best way to get someone off of your um, bumper is to put your turn signal on. And since nobody uses turn signals anymore... <laughs> what is that strange flashing? <laughs> But, but there, yeah, there's wisdom in what you've said, Barbara, because I've seen a lot of people waved into intersections and they don't see the car coming from the left and whatever. And so that's really, really dangerous. There's a lot of wisdom in what you're sharing there. And again, you don't know the experience of the driver that's driving and all those things. So God bless you. I am so grateful that you called in. That's some real wisdom today. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, guys. I love your show. Take care. You too. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Well, Moving into appraisal by the real black book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. Go ahead, Bob. That that got me because there's been a lot of times that I've done that, you know, about trying to be courteous and 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 going to stop and let somebody come out, but you know, you gotta you gotta be sure there's nobody coming before you uh, yeah, offer assistance it's, it's like a, that. It's and, a scary thing. And that's she was just trying to be nice and caused an accident. You it's, know, that's that's what can happen. That's, uh, that's amazing. So as I was really looking at these angels, <clears throat> I was, Bob, I started studying, praying about these eight driver zones. What's, what's the answer to this? And I started to think that these last several of distracted, drowsy, reckless, and impaired all were sin. And so what's the solution for sin? Jesus Christ, it's it's the blood of Jesus, right? There, there's no other answer for distracted, drowsy, reckless. And those of us who are listening, you may never have understood this, but Jesus died. The reason he went to the cross, a sinless man, was that he could take these kind of things and you could get forgiveness. Like waving that person that you didn't mean to wave him into the intersection and maybe they got hurt bad. You can get forgiveness there at the cross because he paid a price that was unbelievable. He took an unbelievable suffering so that, that you could get forgiveness at that point. But there's other freedom that's involved that I wanted to talk about briefly that in my case I attempted suicide when I was 16 
um, my girlfriend decided to go out with my best friend, and that left me in a really bad place. Now, me attempted suicide was a sin. I'm just going to tell you a really, really bad one. And, and something I didn't have any way of understanding when I was 16 years old was that not only would I have killed myself, but there would have been three Dillmore children that have never would have been born. There was no Christian car guy show. There was no Jesus labor love. There was all sorts of things that were infected for the kingdom of God. And had Robbie taken his life when he was 16 years old, that I had no way I, idea that I was going to be killing, in fact, my own children. Now, how do I get forgiveness for that? Yeah, I need Jesus. But I actually got a real, another problem that there's some other stuff that went on there that Satan had a, a plan for Robbie, just like God has a plan for your life. Satan had a plan for my life, and he wanted to put in a bitter root right there. And so that girlfriend, I judged her, that friend of mine that went out with her, I judged him, and now I got this bitter root. And see, in Hebrews 11, I believe it is, it tells you that a bitter root will defile many. So now I got this bitter root, and I'm actually holding my girlfriend and this other friend in 1971 because I've judged them to be what, you know, evil. And, and through that, I've also made a vow that I'm not going to let myself get that close to, I'm not going to open up my heart to that situation. So Satan now has got an entry through the vow because I've made a vow, Satan heard it, and now he's going, okay, Robbie, I got you right here. And then I made an agreement that I am not going to need anybody else in my life like that ever again. And so Satan's got another place he's got me. Now, how can I get out from underneath all that bondage? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, you see. Jesus, being my betrothed, can break my vows. You know, look in Deuteronomy. There's some really cool stuff. I wrote all this out at Christian Car Guy, too, by the way, on bitter roots and vows and expectancies. But, but essentially, these things that I allowed into my life with this incident all held me in chains and affected the rest of my life. But not only that, affected my entire family. Until I asked Jesus to come back and reason with the younger Robbie to forgive these two people, to give them favor again. Realize they were young and they were, they, they were living their life at the time and all these things happened. I had to forgive them. I had to forgive myself. But here's the, here's the point. You see, if I don't put on that oxygen mask and get the freedom myself in Christ, if I don't get sanctification, if I don't begin to walk with him, then I can't model the stuff for my own team, Right? So if I am walking in, in bondage to all these vows and agreements and bitter roots that I'm eating on, then honestly, I'm putting peer pressure on my kids to do, make all these choices. And all this stuff is because the father is distracted and drowsy and reckless and impaired that the child becomes reckless, distracted, and impaired. I have Angela's in Burlington. She's got a story for us real, Bob. We've got to get her on here real quick. Angela, we don't have but a minute, but I'm anxious to hear your story. Well, uh... I was with my mom and dad in a car in 1987. I've never forgotten it. Uh, a guy ran a stop sign. He had been distracted. He said he was looking for a church. We were in a rural area, and uh, he just broadsided us, didn't see the stop sign, and went right through it. Well, uh, to get to the point, uh, my mom had a broken sternum. And she was complaining to the ER doctor that if she hadn't had her seatbelt, it wouldn't have broken. And he told her, just flat out, which would you prefer, a broken sternum that will heal or being dead? And uh, that seatbelt saved her life. And uh, 
that, that's the, I, I that's just, the point. Yeah. How I many just, are like that, Angela? God bless you. I yeah, appreciate you calling just, in so much. Yeah. Just had that awful picture of that unbuckled seatbelt and her head going right through that windshield. Yeah. So please, 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 teenagers, older really? adults, everybody in between, use your seatbelt. Thank you, Angela. God bless. All right, Bob. Awesome day today, brother. Thank you for having me here. Um, just what a blessing it was. All this stuff's at ChristianCarGuy.com, all about uh, vows and agreements and all that stuff. These eight danger zones, you join us there. But remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And thank you so much for joining us today on the Christian Car Guy Show.